Welcome to Chris Fabry Live, program from the heart, to the heart, for the heart. I need your help today. It's just you and me. I want you to answer a question that may help somebody else who needs to hear your story. I want you to finish a sentence for me. If it weren't for Jesus, blank. Now, some have already answered that on Facebook. They used just a few words. I would have no hope. They said, Troy said, if it weren't for Jesus, I'd be dead plain and simple. Those are good, succinct. But I want you to give me a paragraph today about what your life would be like if it weren't for Jesus. This comes straight from our thank you this month that I've been going through Ron Hutchcraft's book, A Life That Matters. And I encountered this question and I underlined it because I thought this is going to help somebody who's listening. And maybe that person's you. I know one person, one group that I want to hear this conversation is the believer in Jesus who feels less than because you don't have a dramatic, life-altering road to Damascus experience. You didn't rob banks. You aren't a former terrorist. Jesus intercepted you maybe when you were young or before you committed some heinous sin. So you feel like your story really doesn't matter. And that's not true. And I'll tell you why today at the Radio Backyard Fence. Let's get started. Here's how you can reach us online at chrisfabrylive.org. Our number, should you want to call us at any point, and I encourage you to call early and often because sometimes the lines fill up and then you know, 877-548-3675. Remember the story that you tell here today may be exactly what somebody else needs to hear. And since today is World Radio Day, this is the power of radio, one heart telling their story to another, and you don't know who that other person is. Always makes me excited to come to the microphone. Our team includes, but is not limited to, Ryan McConaughey doing all things technical. Trisha is our producer. Gabby T will be answering your calls today. I've been going through Ron Hutchcraft's book, A Life That Matters. Ron was with us a couple of weeks ago. And his message is simple. A life that matters, a life that makes the greatest difference, is one that is attuned to the heart of God for others. You are on mission every day. You are an ambassador for Jesus every day. You are kingdom-minded right where you are. You don't have to go to some far-flung country to live out the gospel. You can live it right where you are. And as a matter of fact, listen to this. Ron said this during the program. You have been divinely positioned by God, called to be his lifeguard on that stretch of beach. And he put you there. Knowing your background, he has biographically credentialed you with your life experiences to be the right one to tell your story to them, how Jesus' story changed your story and could change their story forever. The problem is we hold back for different reasons, scared of what others will think, scared of rejection. But there's also an inability sometimes to grasp our own story well enough to be able to give it. And that's what I've seen the book help me do. It's, and I've been through around this for a long time. But it's part of what it helps you do. It's part of it helps you think through, okay, what 
what would my life be like if it weren't for Jesus? And there's a section in here uh, that says, but I don't have a, a story to tell. This is the honest cry of many Christians who have known about Jesus since they were little children. So Ron writes, and this is a longer section here, just stay with me. I am one of those who was intercepted by Jesus at an early age, and I didn't have much opportunity to do a lot of quote-unquote big sinning before I met him. But in no way does that mean I don't have a story to tell about the difference Christ can make. Just because I began with Jesus early does not mean I do not have major sin monsters stalking my life or that I do not have a story to tell of the power of Jesus to beat those monsters. My selfishness can do so much damage. My words can wound so deeply. My temper can hurt most those I love most. My passions can pull me toward the darkness. My dishonesty can cost me trust. My dark side can mire me in depressed feelings. In other words, Ron writes, I need a savior, someone who can rescue me from the things I could never get out of myself. And I have experienced what the Savior can do. He continues to rescue me from my dark side, changing me from the inside out, beating monsters that would otherwise beat me. So I have a Jesus story, as much as a reborn addict who still has the needle tracks in her arms. Any longtime Christian who does not still find God's grace amazing needs to take an honest look at his or her own sinfulness. When you do... You, like one who is rescued from the quote-unquote dirty, more obvious sins, you fall on your face at the cross, overwhelmed by the love and forgiveness of Jesus. Believers who feel they do not have a Jesus story to tell can have such a story if they consider the sin monsters Jesus is saving them from. They need to consider what their life would be like if it weren't for Jesus. In fact, I often encourage spiritual veterans to fill a sheet of paper finishing this statement. If it weren't for Jesus, blank, for various common situations in life. It is revealing to analyze the Jesus difference in your life by writing out how you would be different if there were no Jesus. How would your lonely times be different? Your depressing times, your stressful times, your frightening times. When you begin to think through what would be missing without Jesus, you are defining your Jesus story. Remember, you have Jesus, and he's making so very much of a difference. And if life-change stories are convincing people to try weight loss programs and exercise equipment, isn't it time your Jesus story becomes God's instrument to draw people to his Son? I read that and I realized, (laughs) I realized as I was preparing for this program that it happened yesterday. If it weren't for Jesus, the the switch that I made, it was a a relational kind of thing. I'm not going to go into. It was a relational kind of thing that was going on in my heart. If it weren't for Jesus, he was the one who turned me from going down this direction and saying, well, wait a minute, hang on here. So tell me. If it weren't for Jesus, blank, fill in that blank for me today. Jesus rescued from an addiction, from gambling. You were out of control. You're an alcoholic. Tell me the difference Jesus has made 
in your life. But don't hold back if you've walked with him for a long time and you don't have that dramatic story, but you have seen Jesus help you deal with your anger, envy, chasing after things and stuff and accomplishments that didn't satisfy you. If it weren't for Jesus, blank. You fill in the blank, 877-548-3675-877-548-3675. Remember, the story that you tell from your life may penetrate some heart listening today. Tell it with care and prayer. Call us now. This might be the day I get you to call. If it weren't for Jesus, fill in the blank. You know what I love about these? We, we don't know where we're going to go with this. I mean, I kind of know where we're going to go. But um, the thing I love is a lot of times with other programs that we do, we have more female callers. And with these kinds of programs, I see men come out of the woodwork and say, hey, I got a story. But you got to hear this. For example, Chris in Ohio. Chris, go right ahead. If it weren't for Jesus. I wouldn't have hope for today, Chris. I would be probably dead. Um, I was brought up in the roots of the church. I went off to college, thought I was in love, going to get married. Ended up getting a girl pregnant. She didn't want to go through with it. Had an abortion. I carry a lot of you know uh, guilt from that. And then um, I hurt my back about 20 years ago, and I got strung out on the opiate trail, and my life was total sin. I mean, it was just all day trying to get the next fix, and that's what I went through hell for 18 years like that. And, um, well, uh, I got silvered up. I, God, all this is little people coming, hey, come for a ride with me. Let's go. I'm going to help you, man. And it was just, I just not quit fighting it. I was going to let somebody help me. And, uh, cause I always believed in the strength of Christ. And, um, I'm, uh, two years sober now. I have a seven year old son. We lost his wife or my wife in uh, a horrible accident. She was pregnant with her second. I had a relapse. It took a couple years to come back. And now I'm two, you know, two years clean now. And, uh, my total life has transformed because of love of Jesus, because I know that he forgives me yeah. for all that. And now I need to do is be patient. And they're only going to get better. The worst is behind me, Chris. And that's all to the Father. Have a great day. God I can you hear your, I can hear it in your voice, Chris. Thank you. And the power, there's the power. You know, what we have is not power in our ability to change ourselves. We have the risen power, the resurrection power, the power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to you and me, is available to Chris. I hear it in his voice. If you weren't for, and when he said, you know, I'd be dead, I hear a lot of people just kind of say that and kind of throw that out there. But he's he's being honest because he he didn't have that kind of hope for the next day other than getting the the fix, you know, to prop himself up. And if you are there, I want you not to just say, okay, that's no, that kind of power can change you. 
Is it instantaneous? For some people, it is. I've, I've heard those stories, and I believe them. For other people, it is a tray. It's a path. It's a, it's a place where God points you and walks with you. And then the regret and the shame and all and the guilt, that's something that God can deal with as well. It's, your enemy's going to bring it back up to you. But you can, as Chris just said, be forgiven and believe it and know it because the one who loved you most told you that and declares you righteous. There's no more condemnation for those who are in Christ. Okay, I'll stop. If it weren't for Jesus, Gene in Colorado. Gene, what do you say? Well, I didn't become a Christian until I was 28, and then I got into a real good church and whatnot. But, you know, I always had these other problems. I backslid. I was full of anger and lust. And, you know, finally, after years and years of uh, just trying to do it on my own and you know, then I then I met my wife and started understanding a little bit more. And through the church I'm in now, I've just uh, I've grown and I know, uh, you know, I'm still not perfect, but I, I just know that I know that I know. And so sometimes when I'm trying to give a witness, I, I really don't have a lot to say. But, um, you know, uh, sometimes I still don't show the right the right uh, actions. But, you know, I know that I know. Yeah. And it sounds like what you're saying, Gene, is that you have come to the place where those things that used to happen in your life and you would react to them and do whatever, sometimes they, that still slips out. Sometimes you still slip into that, but you see it now. It, it's made known to you so that you, you can address it. Is that true? Yeah, and it's it's like my pastor tells me, um, you know, what are you trying to get better at? Um, are you trying to get better at doing the old things or better at understanding Christ? So, and yeah. having a walk, a walk that direction. And receiving that too, Gene, thanks for your call today. Uh, all of our lines are going with stories. So you hang on, or if you want to answer on Facebook, or you can send us an email, or if you have a carrier pigeon that could get to Arizona really fast. <laughs> We'll, we'll take that. You can also leave a voicemail if you call uh, 866-95-FABRY and you want to leave a voicemail, You can 866-953-2279. I think that's the right number. Uh, Centoria is in Florida. Centoria, why did you call today? Hi, how are you? Um, well, the question was, what has Jesus done for you, right? So, yes, well, basically. Jesus have saved, yes. What was the question? The question is, if it weren't for Jesus, blank. If it weren't for Jesus, where would I be? Well, if it wasn't for Jesus, I wouldn't have my life right now because I almost, like, took my life away when I was a teenager. But, um, you know, Jesus saved me from myself, and I'm just so thankful that he saved me so that I can get to know more about him and love because, at that moment, I didn't feel love for my mom, my family, no one. And sometimes I feel like that, you know, it comes over me again, but I always remember that he saved me for a reason. Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be able to breathe, touch, see, hear, just a little thing I'm so grateful for now. Okay, so, Toria, let me ask you this question. 
Who was it? It sounds like you went through some trauma in your teen years. Was there somebody who was praying for you or who reached into your life and and had a conversation with you? Or what was it in your teenage years that turned you around? Okay, so what happened was, to be honest with you, God is so strategic, right? So what he did, knowing me, I was such a, like, a Trump, you know, a Trump. I was a really, really bad kid because of the love that was missing in my life, right? So I ended up getting with Jehovah Witnesses for about 15 years, right? I just studied every Tuesday, and and God knew that I wasn't going to miss those Tuesdays for nothing in the world, right? Because it was good information, and he just got me in like that. He's strategic, right? So, but I was missing the spirit, you know? I was missing, like, things that they didn't teach, and I found out on my own, like, I asked God for his um his, his wisdom, his knowledge, and his understanding. And out of nowhere, he just started pouring, pouring his active force in my life with knowledge. So then I just, I kind of winked away, and I'm here now, and I'm trying. I'm trying my best. That's that's really interesting that that was the, the root, you know, because— I think from what I know, and I've had friends who are uh, JWs, um, from what I know about the system and the belief, it is you do everything you can and you work as hard as you can and you, you work and you work and you work and you still don't know. Well, I, I was in, uh, as a kid, the denomination my, my parents were in was the same way. You could never really know, you know, from day to day. You could never really know that you know you 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 got to you got to keep on going. You got to keep on working. So your salvation depended upon Jesus, but it also depended on you, because you know you, you're you're the important thing. And if you mess up, you know. So so what you've just said, Centuria, is if it weren't for Jesus, I would still be relying on what I can do, on how good I could be, if I could make the grade. Uh, and that can go in a lot of different places, a lot of different religious systems, some Christian and some not. Most other religions say, you know, you got you to perform. But Christianity says Jesus did it. If it weren't for Jesus, I would not have the righteousness of Christ on me today and the forgiveness of God, because when he looks at me, he sees his son. And I don't, I don't always get that. You know, I always, I I still see God looking at me with a furrowed brow and with his arms crossed and kind of shaking his head sometimes. Oh, this knucklehead down there. But I don't have to worry about that because that's not the heart of the father. When he, when I'm in Christ, I am, he delights in his son. He delights in me and Centuria and Paula in Mississippi. Paula, how do you uh how do you fill in that blank if it weren't for Jesus? Oh, I would be unlovable and unliked if it wasn't for Jesus. Because I was so angry growing up. I was angry about my circumstances. I was angry about a lot of things, my barriers and obstacles that I had to face. And I found myself knowing that it wasn't the external distraction, it was internal all the time. It was me needing a change and me needing Jesus and me needing to be saved that I found that 
you know, without him, I could have been none of those things. Because he loved me enough and he liked me enough to save me and to straighten my path out. What does that mean? What does that word mean, Paula? What does that word saved mean for somebody who's listening who's like, I don't understand all these words you're using. What does saved mean? Rescued. Rescued from me. Rescued from all the things that I got myself into by um, not knowing, you know, my direction. By him guiding me and giving me direction that he saved me and or rescued me from the path that I was going down because I had no knowledge. You know, you perish for the lack of knowledge, and I, I was perishing for the lack of knowledge. And him and what he, you know, designed me to be in life, to serve him and to be a servant to others, to love people as I love myself and treat them the way I want myself to be treated. Perfect. And that, that saved me. That got me on the right path to go the right direction to be where I am today. Rescue is the word, Paula. You did it. You got it. Rescue is the, is the, and, and we don't put that, you know, we put that in spiritual terms and we forget what it's like to be rescued. As a matter of fact, when, when uh, Ron was with us, Ron Hutchcraft was with us a couple of weeks ago, he used a metaphor, that same thing that Paula was just talking about. Here's what he said. You know, when when the Titanic sailed, they had 2,200 passengers. Most of us know now that 1,500 people died, 700 survived. Now, a lot of, you know, they had 20 lifeboats, but most of them were half empty. And they launched them with, like that. There were a lot of people who survived the sinking of the Titanic. They were in the water because they had life jackets. And I've heard a recording, actually, of a man who was a survivor, and he said, we never got over, never could get rid of the voices in our ears going, help me, help me, and they're, they're right outside those lifeboats. Unfortunately, history tells us that the life, people in the lifeboats just kept rowing away. So when the funeral boats came three days later from Nova Scotia, they found this ghastly scene. 328 people floating in their life jackets, frozen to death. Now, why did they die? Well, they didn't die because the Titanic sank. They survived that. They died because the people who were already saved did nothing about the dying people within their reach. And when I learned that, I said, dear God, is that us? We are in our lifeboat singing our lifeboat songs and and, and and enjoying our lifeboat fellowship and maybe building a bigger and more comfortable lifeboat for the already saved. But right within our reach, maybe daily, are these people who are spiritually dying. And I, I just, I want to spend my life turning my lifeboat around. Now, the lady from pro-life ministry said, it just struck me that we've been waiting for lost people to somehow come to us. We can't expect them to row to us. We've got a road to them. That was the motivation that Ron gave us. And a number of people responded to that. As a matter of fact, just a few minutes after we played that, there was a caller named Summer who reached out and she said this. I had the radio on and I was kind of not paying attention. I was like on the background. Um, and 
then I heard the thing about the Titanic, and I've loved Titanic since I was a little kid, so it kind of piqued my interest. Hmm. And when you gave the analogy about the lifeboats, it really spoke to me because I've been allowing fear and anxiety and insecurity to keep me from turning my lifeboat around, to keep me from hmm. talking to other people about God and what Jesus has done for me. And so it just really spoke to me, and I wanted you to know that. Um, because I really can't get it out of my my heart right now. Um, just how many times I have not turned my lifeboat around, and I don't want to do that anymore. My hope is that what Summer just said, that there's somebody listening who would say, that's exactly how I feel. I've been holding back with other people. For whatever reason, I don't feel like I have a good enough story, or I, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm going to, uh, be fumbling with my words like I'm doing right now. I don't know how to go. And I, I don't, they're going to make fun of me or they're going to, so I'm, I'm going to hold back and I'm going to let some professional do that. You know, don't do it because if you really are an ambassador to the people around you, they need to hear about the Jesus that made a difference in your life. If it weren't for Jesus, blank. That comes straight from A Life That Matters by Ron Hutchcraft. And by the way, it's our thank you this month. I'd love to send you a copy of this book. Just call or click through chrisfabrylive.org. We'll send it to you. I'm on the last probably 20 pages or so. And it's making a difference in the way that I look at other people, at my friends and, and others who don't yet know Jesus. Eight. 6695 Fabry is the number, or just go to chrisfabrylive.org. Scroll down, you'll see how you can be a partner or friend with us today. chrisfabrylive.org. It's our If It Weren't for Jesus edition of Chris Fabry Live here on Moody Radio. Thanks a lot for tuning in today. Got a number of folks on the line. And if you'd like to call 877-548-3675. Patrick is in Idaho. Patrick, if it weren't for Jesus, fill in that blank. Hey, Chris. Yeah, I became a devoted believer in 2016. My life prior to that was uh, full of prior ongoing bitterness, selfishness, uh, not knowing the uh, gospel's power. Um, I'd say constantly thinking of myself only, never looking inward. Uh, Wasn't aware of the importance of sharing my now new faith in Christ. That was not even there. Uh, Our twins probably wouldn't wouldn't know Christ like they do today. It was, I'd say also it was full of... uh, bad reactions to conflict, especially with aggressive in-laws and my own folks as well, in the opposite direction to my, my wife. Uh, I think, too, I reflect back, I was nicer to LDS uh, prior to 2010, but I still wasn't witnessing to them like I am today with Ephesians 2. Uh, it's a complete turnaround. We had, I had taken up my brother's battle uh, he was a former Brigham Young University quarterback for a couple of years, and he turned his life around, left the college, and became Christian. That's how he became Christian. This is a big story on the side 
with that and me. He started go, taking me to church in California. But, yeah, it's quite a contra- contrast, the before and the after. You know what you said at the beginning that really strikes me, and this is on a practical level, if it weren't for Jesus, you mentioned your in-laws and the, some of the struggle that, that was there. If it weren't for Jesus, I wouldn't have the love that I have for them or be able to show kindness and compassion. It would still be conflict from your side, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It would have been, yeah, because with uh, family like that, with young kids, you've got just almost a daily grind with in-laws. There seems to be no rules when it comes to certain family members, I'd say mainly in-laws, including my, like I mentioned, my own folks. There just seems to be no no rules of the road. Whatever they say, they say. Uh, and yeah, I sure wish I had been saved um, prior to that. I, I mean, I was saved in 20, 1994, but was still nominal. It was completely different. I call it phase two, being saved, uh, 2016. Aren't you glad that he's he, he's not done with you yet either? You know, you, you haven't arrived. You're not, you don't arrive until, until you arrive. <laughs> and Patrick, I, I love your heart. I thank you for answering that question, if it weren't for Jesus. Rashinda is in Florida. Hi, Rashinda. Hi, Rashinda. Hi, Chris. Glad you called. Tell me your story. I sure can. Yes. Um, So if it weren't for Jesus, I would not be alive today. And I I just want to start by saying I am only 27. I actually um, had an experience with the Lord when I was 20 years old. It was actually the day that I was planning on killing myself. And um, at 17, I became a teenage mom. I had had a really rough life. And I was prostituted as a child, and um, and I had experienced um, my own like feats for my own decisions of getting into drugs and alcohol abuse and just depression and um, self harm. And so when I was 20 years old, I actually ended up at a church one day when I was high, and um, that same day uh, the congregation knew that I was high, but they just like kind of took me in, and that showed me the love of Jesus. And so right after that, I just began um, realizing that I was lovable and that there was a God out there because it was the same night I was going to kill myself. So it wasn't coincidence. And um, I wouldn't be able to see my I now have four children instead of one and to be married to an amazing man of God who actually introduced me to um, scripture and to John MacArthur and certain things. But I'm just grateful for the Lord and his love. Wow. Boy, there's a lot in there to to unpack, Rosenda. This is a whole hour. You know, we could just deal with you, um, stay there with you. But when you say, you know, all of that in your past, it sounds like what you were trying to do is just numb the pain, numb the problems that you had because they were just so overwhelming to live with, right? Yeah, that was that's exactly it. So if it weren't for Jesus, you would have done the ultimate numbing, you know, or you'd still be trying to get away from the feeling that come up, that bubbles up from all of our lives 
And if if you're listening today and you say, well, that's kind of how I, you know, it, it may not be drugs, opioids, gambling. I, I don't know what it is. It, it, you know, it, may, it might be something of kind of safe, quote unquote. But you do this to numb yourself from what life is. And what Rosinda says is, if it weren't for Jesus, I would still, I wouldn't have the, I wouldn't be able to feel. I wouldn't be able to live. And Jesus yeah. said, I came to give life and give it abundantly, right? You don't, you can't have abundant life. You don't yeah. feel anything if you're always trying to push that down, right? Yeah, I wouldn't even have the, I have great hope today just because um, I can see the before. I want to say like the, my husband calls it the BC before Christ and the AC where before Christ, um, I couldn't acknowledge or really be uh, like a, a mother that I wanted to be. And then the after Christ is, I thoroughly enjoy like reading scripture. I thoroughly enjoy like giving um, affection. I love being around people and I love speaking to people just about the, the gospel in general because it changed my life, the love of Christ. Does the enemy ever whisper in your ear and say, but Rosinda, think about that back there and how bad you, and you don't deserve to be, and all that. Do you ever hear those whispers? Always. Always. So and what I, do you do? And, um, what do you do with my, my My favorite scripture is actually um, James uh, 1, verse 2 to 5, and it's uh, counted all as uh, joy when you go through certain trials and tribulations. And I find that one as like the trials because um, it's something that I battle with. I battle with my before and my after because I know it existed before Christ, but I know that it's no longer where I'm at or who I am and that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. So it's just something that really makes me excited and it's what keeps me going. It's that fuel that I know that I'm no longer there. And it also helps me to reflect and to not go back. You did the same thing that Jesus did when the enemy spoke to him. If you're really God, if, if, um, consider it a great, this is my HCSB, consider a great joy, my brothers, whenever you experience various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, but endurance must do its complete work so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing, and that you use the scripture back to the enemy who is trying to tear you down is just a wonderful thing. Rosinda, thank you for sharing your story here today. Thank you for allowing me to, Chris. If it weren't for Jesus, well, what would, how would you answer that? And do you have a good defense to the enemy when he speaks into your ear and whispers? Do you have a defense to the enemy when he says to you, you've been a Christian for this long. How many people have you led to Jesus? You haven't done any. Do, do you hear the, do you ever hear that condemnation, that guilt, that shame that comes your way? That is not the voice of your father. That is not the spirit who's saying that to you. What the spirit is saying to, and, and the father is both saying to you, you're my ambassador. I want you to, to take that message the, the Jesus story that I've given you, that I've uniquely woven into your life with all of your experiences, I want you to take that to others. Will you do that? And as I mentioned a little earlier, this book that Ron wrote will help you do that. It's a roadmap to get you, your heart on the heart of somebody else. 
so that you have a life that matters. Just go to the website, chrisfabrylive.org. You'll see it right there, chrisfabrylive.org. More straight ahead on Moody Radio. I think it was Chris who called a little earlier and talked about the guilt that he feels about abortion and his part in that with a a young woman that he knew at the time and is still dealing with it. CareNet deals with that every day. I've been telling you about him. I'm going to keep telling you until you click that green button. We got a green button. I've got a bunch of them at chrisfabrylive.org because the people at CareNet know exactly a lot of them volunteer and are part of that ministry because this is a decision that they made in their past. And they're not trying to make up for it, but they know where people like Chris have been and they know the freedom that you can have from the guilt and the shame and what the enemy wants uh, means for evil, for harm. God can turn that around and give you freedom and allow you to reach into somebody else I've, I've, else's life. I've seen it happen. Click the green CareNet button. There's encouragement there uh, about the ministry because they're not just about pro-life, about saving a baby, though they are that. They're pro-abundant life. The spiritual is a part of this, that new life, that living water. They want to see that. For each person that comes in the door or makes a phone call, I'll stop. Click the green CareNet button at chrisfabrylive.org today. And let's see if we can't answer if it weren't for Jesus. Uh, Jim is in Indiana. Jim, why did you call today? Well, because if it weren't for Jesus, I'd still be addicted to cigarettes, pornography, I would still have scoliosis of the back because of an accident, and I would still have functional autism with the anger, the intense anger that was associated with it. And he delivered you from all of that? Was it instantaneous, or was it a process? Pornography, pornography, it was like a blanket was taken off of me. Hmm. I helped some other guy get rid of pornography addiction. He said it was like uh, something getting ripped out of his heart. Wow. But it was instant. There was no process. Same with cigarettes. Um, I'd like to tell this real quick if I can. Um, I started thinking about anything and everything to try and get rid of cigarettes, and nothing seemed to work. So I said, well, God, looks like I'm going to keep smoking till the day I die, or you come and get me, one of the two. And that's when he spoke to me through my thoughts. He said, have you tried the Lord's Prayer? Now, the Lord's Prayer basically is a pattern for praying, and so that's how I prayed. You know, I thanked him for anything and everything I could think of, including my dog, Mitzi. Uh, And then I got to the point where I said, God, I don't want to smoke anymore, and I know you don't want me to either. I cannot quit. Will you take these away? And before I said the words, amen, the tiredness because of the lack of nicotine was taken away. The urge to smoke was taken away. I didn't have that urge in my lungs to smoke a cigarette. And I firmly believe that I got to the point where I got I stopped trying to quit, and that's when God was able to take it away from me. <laughs> that's a really good program idea, Jim, that you just gave. When you get to the point where you you're, you stop trying, and I'm not say, suggesting that just stop trying to do something, it'll 
work, but with something that is so addictive to that, when you're leaning on not your power, but his, I will think about more about that. Thank you for sharing your, if it weren't for Jesus story, we go to Thomas in Illinois. Thomas, go right ahead. So we're going to get back with Thomas here in just a minute, because he was having another, probably a good conversation. <laughs> And uh, let's talk with Bill in Ohio. Bill, finish that sentence. If it weren't for Jesus, blank. I would not be talking with you, Chris. Really? Yes, absolutely. Because Jesus, when you ask him in your heart, as a child, I asked him in my heart. And he came through, and I have the ability and the privilege to helping a young woman who evidently must have been on meth or something because her teeth are rotting out, and she's helping me uh, stack some firewood. And she was brought up a uh, Mormon. She confided in me that she was brought up Mormon, and she didn't know Jesus as the understanding that he is true love and that she doesn't know how to get to Jesus. And I said, look— you are a human being. You have a heart, a mind, and a soul. You take your thoughts and your mind and ask the Holy Spirit to interpret what you need from our Heavenly Father, the Trinity. And she said, I never heard it that way. If you don't have your heart and mind in Jesus, with the Holy Spirit interpreting to Jesus to talk to our Heavenly Father, God. He hears our prayers. And she said, I never heard it that way. And she's only 27 years old, tough life. She's going from house to house. And I do that kind of stuff up in this area. Hmm. And I am not a pastor, but I know I have Jesus in my heart. But you started by saying that you wouldn't, you wouldn't be here to talk to me. What did you mean by that? Absolutely. I would not. I would not be, because there are so many things that have happened. And after hearing some of the uh, things that other people have gone through on your program, let's just say the Titanic with the right. people in the lifeboat. Maybe I'm in, the, I'm in the lifeboat, and I'm trying to reach out to people, and I'm almost going to tear up because I understand that message that you heard from someone else that had Jesus in their heart. Bill, I'm glad you got through today. God bless you, friend. Thank you for for being faithful. Others have said here, um, if it weren't for Jesus, I'm nothing. There's the there's this little four letter word that a lot of people, Sarah and Annie and Jean Ann, have used. I would have no hope. There would be no hope. <laughs> I'd be lost and without hope. If it weren't for Jesus, I'd have no hope, no peace. And before we end here today, I've been mentioned the uh, the book that I've been going through, A Life That Matters, from Ron. There is a, um, in one of the chapters, No Greater Honor. It's about helping someone come into that relationship. When you describe the rescue mission that Jesus went on, that we are sinners separated from God because of the, the unholiness that we have, the bad things that we've done, we're separated from him, and Jesus came to bridge that gap. 
And then the question is, so what do I do with that? How do I, how do I give my heart and life? And it's in bold on page 140. And uh, Ron writes, the death to life moment comes as a person talks to God, expressing his or her total trust in Jesus to be the rescuer from their sin. In our ministry's gospel presentation booklet, Yours for Life, we offer this prayer as a way to put into words the desire to begin your Jesus relationship. So there's no magical incantation. There's no specific power in you got to say these exact words. You just express something like this from your own heart. Lord, I've been running my own life, but I resign as of today. I was made by you. I was made for you, but I've been living for me. I'm sorry for that self-rule you call sin, but I believe your son, Jesus Christ, paid my death penalty when he died on the cross. And right now I'm turning from a life of my way And I am putting all my trust in Jesus Christ to erase my sin from your book, to give me a relationship with you, and to get me to heaven. Lord, from today on, I'm yours. And I like to think, I've said this before, I like to think of this as finally, God, I have tried to do it my own way. I'm living my own way, as Ron did. But today I'm going to agree with you that I'm separated from you and I can't bridge that gap. Only Jesus can. Would you give me his righteousness? You pray a prayer like that. Jesus, I need you as my, rescue me. I need you as my savior. And I know that you're Lord. I don't know what that means. Would you teach me what that means? Would you show me what it means to have you as Lord of my life from this day forward? I pray in Jesus' name. You pray a prayer like that, and then you get around people who have walked with God for some time and can open the scriptures and show you, and you open the scriptures, you start to read the Bible for yourself. The Gospel of John, I think I'm in the Gospel of John right now. I think the Gospel is just a great place to go. But you start learning more about him, and as our last caller said, The Spirit will teach you and show you and illumine things you didn't know about yourself, sin that you didn't even know you had, that has separated you from God. And the enemy's whispers won't do anything to you because of the power at work in you. And if you've been going down the trail a long time, Jesus is not finished with you yet. Be his ambassador. And come on back tomorrow for another conversation here at the Back Fence. Chris Fabry Live's a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.